0: Welcome to the Under Center podcast. I am your host, Darren Marr, and I am joined by two of Sonny Weaver's backroom team on draft day, <laughs> Fionn Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Guys, how was it in that 2014 draft, going from number seven to number one and then getting all your draft picks back?
1: I can't I can't speak for Fionn, but I know for me it was a the, uh, roller coaster.
0: Yeah, planned it to a T. Can't believe it was the put off. <laughs> I don't like the fact that you rinsed my CLC Seahawks out of all their picks, but look, we'll let that go just for this time only. Uh, we have another packed show this week. We're going to be speaking a little bit about the crazy week that's been uh, so far with the free agency. Uh, we are also going to continue a uh off-season series uh, this week. It's a turn of the New England Patriots and the New York Giants. And on the show this week, we have uh, Gary, who is a Patriots fan. Gary, who are you? I'm splendid, Aaron. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. No problem, at all. And we have uh, Jerry Foley from the Giant Insider. Jerry, how are you today?
2: Better today than yesterday. I'll tell you that.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely something we're going to get into in the show. And um, if you are watching us on YouTube, if can you please uh, like this video and subscribe to the Dynamo podcast network It will really help us out a lot. And that's where you're going to find our podcast each and every week uh, where uh, you find so many other great podcasts too. You'll have the upper tier podcast for the uh, soccer fans. And you also have the four pod men for uh, wrestling fans there as well. And, of course, if you don't want to watch us on YouTube, you can get us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Dynamo Podcast Network, and you'll find us there. While you're at it, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash pod. We're at Instagram, uh Twitter and TikTok under center pod there too. So make sure you give us a like and a follow there. But let's get straight into the news and we're gonna talk about free agency. We're not even two days into it, and it's been some real there's been some really big moves already. Uh so much for the reduced salary cap this year, lads. But hey, look, what's it called? Cap manipulation is, is the key word that we're gonna hear this whole off season. But instead of going through every single move. I want you guys to point, see if you can think of two uh, signings that have happened in the past couple of days, or maybe in the past couple of weeks later, not to that I've known about, um, that has taken uh, your eye, uh, for good or bad, whichever you want. So I'll do a little round, Robin. I'll go around the table and see what you think. I'll go first. And the first one I want to mention is Corey Lindsley going to the Chargers uh, on a, a three, four-year deal. Uh, from the Packers. This just shows they are uh, building their team around Justin Herbert. And I love to see it. When you have a quarterback that gave the performances like he did last season, you know, you have your guy for the next 10, 15 years. So you build your team around him again, not being a Sour Seahawks fan. This is just how I see it. Okay. But I think uh, it's going to be great news for Justin Herbert. It's going to be great news for, the new head coach, Brandon Staley. Now, there's still some work to do in terms of weapons outside of, say, Keenan Allen. They, they sort of need a few more, maybe wide receiver. And, of course, uh, well, Hunter Henry leaving as well. Uh, they're going to need probably a new tight end too, but that can still be addressed in free agents. Maybe if we go on to the draft, they can look at that too. But, Fiona, I'll start with you then going around the table. Uh, give me a move that you've seen in the past few days that has really uh, caught your eye. Yeah, so for me, I think I'm going to focus
3: on the Patriots. They went big and they went early. Signed a load of guys on the first day. Uh, some of them really nice moves. I like them a lot. And some of them really poor moves. I don't think they're so good. Janu Smith is one I thought was an excellent uh, get. He's a fantastic tight end. They're going to have uh, Cam Newton, I believe, at quarterback, or they might draft someone. But uh, having a nice tight end is a great comfort blanket for any quarterback, no matter whether they're a veteran or a rookie so that suits them really well down to the ground no matter which way they go in terms of the quarterback room uh, two guys I didn't like Jalen Mills I thought they spent a lot of money for considering he's an eagle cornerback who hasn't covered himself in glory really and then also uh Nelson Aguilar now he did have a better season last season with the Raiders but historically has not led anywhere near the numbers and had a significant amount of drops so I think that's they gave him, I believe, 13 million a year. That's a lot of money to pay a guy who really still has to prove himself as a as a good wide receiver.
1: Jake? Yeah, I could see I could see uh, sorry, just on on, on Fion's point with Aguilar, I can see him having an, an Amari Cooper level turnaround with the the Cowboys, like what he done it. You could see that Cooper played quite well outside the Raiders. So maybe it, it was a Derek Carr issue and not a uh, uh, wide receiver issue and uh, the two I was thinking of though was that uh, Corey Davis to the Jets I kind of liked because we know Corey Davis can play a bit of ball he's good he's fast uh, he's good in his route running and it's a nice complementary piece to have to a young wide receiver room especially with Mims in there so I, I really like that sign I thought it was good it still doesn't really show me where they're going in the draft are they going to go quarterback two or are they going to trade out or what are they going to do is Sam Darnold going to be the head there on that team we don't know and then the other one I had written down here, it wasn't a signing, but it was a lack of a signing. And I thought Galladay would have been snatched up by now. I really, really thought he would. And Jerry, you could probably you could probably think that we were both probably hoping he would come our way onto the Giants team for a nice price. But um, I'm not sure whether it's, he's picky or his price is too high. I've seen a report that a, a lot of teams, they like him, but only at the right price.
2: Yeah, Jordan Raynon even uh, posted today that the Giants are interested, but for the right amount. I think Galladay is going to wait it out a bit. Uh, I know the, the Dolphins and the Giants are both interested. The Giants couldn't do anything until they locked up Leonard Williams long term and got that 19 million cap hit down to 11. So I think they, they created about $8 million worth of space today just by doing that they could still renegotiate others as well to try and bring in Galladay, but it's only going to be for the right price. Um, As far as moves, like I always go what teams aren't doing for some reason. And I know you don't build your team through the draft. I'm sorry, through free agency, but you do supplement it. Uh, The giants uh, cutting Eric uh, Kevin Zeitler was a surprise to me. I thought they would renegotiate. And once they cut him, I thought that would mean that they were going to try and keep a Davin Tomlinson and they didn't, or they couldn't because And he, only, he got 11, 22 million from the Vikings two years. That's not a crazy number, but also the team that, that shares the building with us, the Jets, they're making some moves, but they're not building the line. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they're going after Penny Sewell in the draft and they're going to keep Darnold. That's fascinating to me. From what, everything I understood, they were going to go quarterback in the draft, but it's, more, it's a lot about what these teams aren't doing as well. So those were those were a couple of surprises for me. I think the, the cutting of Zeitler, which I thought would free up enough money to maybe keep Tomlinson. And then the Jets not building their offensive line, but adding other weapons. So it's going to be interesting to see what these teams do, man.
4: Yeah, well, yeah. I had, um, I'm sorry, do you want to finish? No, go ahead. Cool. Um, what I would have said was, like it's going to be hard for me not to say oh, well, the best signs of free agency was all the Patriots players they just signed. But it was actually one Patriot that left the building and went to the Chiefs, and that was Joe Tooney. The interior O-line for the Kansas City Chiefs, especially, you, you saw what it was like in the Super Bowl. They got obliterated. You lose Mitchell Swartz and Eric Fisher. In the, it was the same day. I'm pretty sure it was the same day we lost the two guys. Yep. So to pick up Joe Tooney, five years, 80 million. Was a bit of a stretch? Yeah, maybe it was. But if you look at the history of Patriots old lineman going free agency, they get paid. So that was one move, and the second move was um, sort of kind of under the radar, which was Josh Johnson of the Rams going to the Browns. Um, and like last last year and the year before, he didn't really have a great year. Like he, it was a spot in need for them. So obviously having Grant Hill out last year, and um, the safety from LSU. He's going to be back this year. Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward and having the strong safety, such as himself, in there. Um, and in that Super Bowl year, he had 73 solo tackles, a pick, uh, eight passes defended. So, like, it is good. They did need someone at that, that strong safety position. And obviously, you want to fill a place of need. So, I'd say them two are my top three agency, so far. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I just know
2: it.
0: Um, Jerry, you brought up as well teams that aren't um, bringing in the probably the, the people that they need is the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals have brought in uh, Trey Hendrickson, um, and they have that that was to replace Carl Lawson. Though to be fair, the one thing that they're not doing is they're not getting no linemen, and that is one thing that they need to do. It, like how the Chargers are protecting Justin Herbert. Bengals are going to need to protect Joe Burrow because he's coming off a really really bad injury, and they it, I don't well obviously I'm guessing they've been in for some of these linemen that have gone early, but obviously they're not probably pushing the ball out enough to try and get these guys because like that if he's going to be your your franchise guy he's going to have to be. Uh, protected for especially next season which is the going to be a big season to see if he can actually recover fully from from the the bad knee injury just a bit of breaking news actually before uh, Fiona get your second name uh two moves have uh will not become official but we've been found out about um lions uh wide receiver marvin jones is going to the jaguars and interesting one here uh, implications for other players the Texans are signing Tyrod Taylor. Hmm. So is that going to be Deshaun Watson's replacement Would in be. Houston?
4: Watson in
0: the middle. Yeah, now, we'll see. That's a, It's a one-year deal for $12.5 million, so that's probably starter money as well. So it looks like maybe Deshaun could be getting his wish and could be getting out Houston. But, Fionn, uh, do you have another name that you've seen in free agency that you want to uh, mention?
3: Yeah, I suppose I'll play the easy card and go close to home with the the Washington football team, but a very clever move I felt in getting Ryan Fitzpatrick. He fits exactly what we needed. We needed a veteran guy who plays at a medium-to-medium-high standard most weeks, knows an offense, can command some guys and be a leader, not expecting to hang around too long, gives us this layover guy. We didn't overpay for him. I felt $10 was about right when you consider we were paying Alex Smith 15 million last year. So we've managed to cut that money down a little bit. I think that's a nice quiet move it's logical it makes sense and he fits so that I was really happy with that signature to be
1: yeah honest. I mean you, you stole my other uh if I was gonna add another another free agent was Fitzmagic one of my favorite non-giant players has now become a non-favorite for the temporary year or two that he might be on the football team uh joining that um hamstring of a quarterback room um but I still like to watch him play and now I get to watch him twice a year so he's a
2: fun guy to watch and I really like him yeah, my but, my my partner pointed out that he's very good his first year when he joins a team. <laughs> he has very good numbers. So, yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the Washington football team is going to do with regard to next quarterback. I don't know if they're going to give Henneke a shot, or if I'm saying it wrong, or or if they're going to go in the draft. But Fitzpatrick gives them an insurance policy for this year. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know,
0: I saw I heard a few rumors. A few, I guess. These are a few analysts trying to get Washington into the Russell Wilson camp. So maybe next year, next off season, they might make a run from, we'll see. But um, if it's magic for a year, I guess that'd be all right. Um, I I wouldn't complain anyway, but it, it's got to be, it's got to be better than um, getting who who else would have been out there. What Mitch, would you have gone for Mitch if he, if he wanted to go to the Absolutely
1: Washington? Not. I would have liked
0: not. it now because nah. he'd be
1: oh, gone on the football team now.
3: Terrible. I think um, I think what what like what I like the most about Fitzpatrick is its competency, right? And I think the Washington football team have struggled just to have a nice, competent quarterback who can play at least 50% good, be right around NFL average, and not cost us games. We're building a nice young defense. Our line is not spectacular, so you can't ask it to do crazy things. And we're trying to build some more weapons on offense. So I think this is a good value-for-money choice that lets us grow where we need to so the next guy up will be there. And also, a team player, he showed it at Miami. He doesn't have any delusions about what he is or how long more he's going to be playing. He's just happy to keep playing. He's already declared it's year-by-year year now at this point From So I think it's really, of all the choices that were out there, I think it's the perfect one to, no matter what we do in the draft, that, like you said, Jerry, we have that backup guy or that um insurance policy so that no matter what happens we have someone we're comfortable with at the quarterback position
1: yep absolutely i just can't wait till we have a podcast where we have to cover the the rise to fitz magic and the fall to (laughs) fitz (laughs) tragic i just really look forward to that three games (laughs) that that could be in
0: the same game fingers (laughs) crossed true that We'll move on anyway, and uh, we'll revisit it probably again next week when probably more deals, well, definitely more deals are going to be done, and we'll have a clear picture where most of the big names are going to go. Um, And we are going to continue our off-season series this week. It's the turn of the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. We're going to start with the Giants. We're still joined here by Jerry Foley from the Giant Insider. So, uh, Jerry, I'm going to actually start with the 2020 season and i want to get your thoughts on it as a whole because it was the first year for new head coach joe judge and in a in the in a pandemic season where you had no sort of off season preparation what did you make as, as the season as a whole or our first year for for a judge
2: uh i think they have their guy going forward uh, i he was so impressive with what he did with that team i mean i think every giant fan on earth knew that they were so talent starved in so many positions. No one expected the defense to play as well as they did. They don't have, I mean, Bradbury is very good. Leonard Williams turned out to have a very good season um, and, and they're good in spots, but they don't have that superstar on, on defense. Right. Um, so the defense, Patrick Graham, uh, the defensive coordinator was very good for them. The offense was just terrible and and there's nothing that, you know, Joe Judge, could he tried everything. I mean, he fired his offensive, offensive line coach midseason because he wasn't happy with the way they were playing. So the one thing I love about Judge is he's willing to make changes quickly, um, but they were so talent starved. It was a miracle that they got to six and 10. I mean, there were points in that season early on where I thought this is a two-win team. Um, and to, to pull off a win against Seattle with Colt McCoy, even though he really just managed that game, that was all a defensive effort. Um, they had a a good draft coming into this year, Gettleman, You got to give them credit. The free agent, <clears throat> the free agency brought in, and Bradbury, uh, Martinez, uh, Graham Gano, Kyler Fackrell—they they were good, very good. It was a, it was an A to an A plus, plus. Um, and it was it was a solid draft. Uh, Andrew Thomas got better as the season went on. He really struggled early, but look, Joe Judge is—I think Giant fans, if they 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 aren't sure about much. They're not sure about Daniel Jones. They like. They want Saquon to come back healthy. I think ninety percent of Giant fans are certain that Joe Judge is the right guy to lead the team. So I thought he had a very good rookie campaign considering the circumstances.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love Joe Judge. I thought he was fantastic this season. He just had a lot of energy. It was a lot different than
2: uh, watching Pat Shermer on the sidelines. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say Shermer. Shermer didn't. Shermer wasn't involved as much as, as judge at every position, right? Like judge was a special teams coach. So I think of like a, a a John Harbaugh, right? He's someone who's, who's when you're a special teams coach, you're coaching almost, you're coaching a ton of different players on that, on that unit. And the fact that he got involved with the offensive line, I didn't mean to interrupt you either, by the way, Jake, I'm sorry. But the fact that he got involved with the offensive line and was like, wait, like I, we drafted a guy fourth overall and he's not working out. Like what is going, why is this happening? Um, And the fact that he got involved and you could see him, you know, see him in practice. We have a, we're fortunate to have a press pass where my partner, Chris is at the practices and he was, he was all over the place. Like Shermer would stay involved with the offense. Ben McAdoo was completely hands off and just let his coordinators do everything. Judge is involved in every aspect of the team, which is something I love. So sorry, Jake, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, I just I agree with you. I think he's just fantastic, and he's not afraid to do things that a lot of coaches couldn't wouldn't have the balls to do. Would be like benching your your fourth overall starting tackle because he's he was late for a meeting and stuff like that. I mean, it yeah. little things, but it starts building that culture that you really like to see, and um, that other head coaches we've had in the
2: past just hadn't got that in them to do. Yeah, and, and Golden Tate, right? He benched Golden Tate, and it didn't even hurt the team. It almost helped yeah. them in a weird way. And you thought like, oh, here this is a good test. Here we go. I, you know, his wife went to social media and said some things. And then all of a sudden he's benched and it didn't hurt them at all. And actually, Golden Tate didn't complain. He was pretty good about it. So, yeah, I, I think he gained their respect so early on. And I remember Emmanuel Acho was saying something stupid about, um, that. you know, the Giants are going to have two wins because he's making coaches run. Like he's holding everybody accountable. Like this is, it's been too easy for too long in this organization. So... Yeah, they, they got the right guy. I'm, I'm psyched about Joe Judge. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the
1: coaching staff as a whole um, bar, maybe Jason Garrett, which we can get on to maybe. Uh, yeah, that's Pat the one. The, yeah, Jason Garrett, I think we were 31st scoring offense in the league, which is woeful. I mean, you do miss your your Saquon Barkley, but I did enjoy watching Goldman run. I thought he's a good runner, um, the pity about him. But uh, if Saquon comes back, maybe we have a good wide receiver group. It changes that. I still think we needed to get a little bit more creative on offense
2: maybe yeah it's hard to judge Garrett with the talent I agree with you and and most giant fans like if they if they fired Garrett no one would care yeah Uh, but I I almost think like the line was so bad the, the the receiving weapons were not good Barkley was out all year it's like can you really blame Garrett yeah for some things but not everything so I I think that's why there's some leeway with him but I I get your point if they had let him go no one would have cared yeah, yeah, definitely. Um and then my only other thing my criticism
1: of Joe Judge would be he just doesn't seem to be aggressive in situations where you would like him to be aggressive. Some fourth down calls, you would like him to go for, especially when you're in the the opponent's territory, make
2: them moves. Well, you know, on uh, mon- the Monday night game in Philly when he at the last second ran his punt team on the field, I forget who it was, but he wasn't looking over was a wide receiver. Was wide open. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, uh, and I, it's it, the the I could see it happening where uh, Riley Dixon's looking over at him like, "Come on, like, like, look at me." And I forget who it was. It's gonna kill me because I'm gonna remember when we hang up. But um, anyway, plays like that. Like I get what you're saying. But then there were times also though, right? Like against the, I think it was against the Browns where he went forward on fourth and didn't kick the field goal. They did some weird things last year. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think there could be some improvement there. And I think when he went up against like the Cliff Kingsbury's uh, that some of the younger coaches, um, Shanahan, I I think he got his his butt handed to him because the talent level on those teams were better and they had a really good coach. Like I thought he outcoached Peterson twice. I I thought he outcoached Pete Carroll, but when he goes against a very good young coach and that team's talented, that's when he got, he was exposed a little bit yeah maybe it's just rookie head coach
1: things he's going to learn and grow from it and that's just some things that he'll, he'll move on and grow and, and and be able to change the things that he was kind of deficient at um in that aspect and now just the other thing i'd like to talk about is patrick graham and how much of a star he has been on this team man i was so scared all these reports come out of patrick graham as uh being interviewed for head coaching spots
2: and stuff because i don't know what that defense is without patrick graham yeah i mean i don't the last time they had a coordinator like that was Spagnola.
1: Yeah, I love uh, Spagnolo.
2: The first go round, yeah, and and, and Spagnolo is showing you what a good defensive coordinator he is now with with Kansas City. So it's not like he forgot how to coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we went through so many bad ones. Uh, you know, Perry. Even though when they won the that second Super Bowl in '11, I thought Perry Fuel was terrible. James Betcher just wanted Cardinals over, and 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 guys like Kareem Martin who were less than average and. He just had a scheme, and what's great about Patrick Graham is he wants to blitz, but he looks at the at that team and says, "My second corner is not good. If I blitz, they're completely exposed." We so played a lot more zone than he probably wanted to, so he got, he fell in love with zone a bit too much. If I had one criticism of him, but I, I I thought what I like about Graham is he looks at the talent on the team and says, "All right, what can we do with this?" And it maybe isn't my 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 favorite scheme, but I'll adjust to the talent around me. And that's, a, that's the mark of a great coach. And they haven't had that probably since Spagnola the first time around. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I loved uh, just some of the things he was calling. Made yeah.
1: he, he accounted for players that were weaker by covering them with stronger, putting yeah. them in better positions to play and stuff. And that's just not a lot of coordinators just don't do that. They don't want to, or they just don't have the the mental
2: capability to think that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One of of the things that he did at the end of last season was, and we talk about all the time, Julian Love should have been given the cornerback shot earlier on. And that was a holdover from Betcher's stupidity where Betcher said, no, he's a safety. it's like, this guy won, what is it? The, uh, it was a, he, he won the, uh, the award for, I think, or or the finalist for best cornerback in college. And he, he was predicted to go as high as the second round. He fell to the fourth. Like, That was a no-brainer for them to to at least give him a shot at corner. And Betcher moves him to safety, and he was good at safety. But then they drafted McKinney, who ended up getting hurt. They brought in Logan Ryan, and now Julian Love was kind of the odd man out. They finally put him at corner towards the end of the season. Thought he played well enough to say, you know what, maybe even if we don't draft a corner, which I still think they will, we have something here where maybe he can be our second corner, then they have uh, Darnay Holmes in the slot. so.
1: Yeah, that's another guy I wanted to ask you about. How did you feel Holmes did throughout the season? I thought he had his rookie growing pains, but again, I thought he played quite well. Admirable in the slot slot corner position.
2: Yeah, corner is probably one of the tougher ones to transition from college. And then the slot, it's, yeah, if you think about it, right, the the slot corner is covering a guy that can go either way. He can go left, right, go, go past you. It's hard. You have to be very shifty. And he, he's got the right size for it. He's physical. I thought he got better as the season went on. We felt that he was probably their best rookie last year. He ended yeah. up being their Overall, when you look from game one through 17, Holmes was probably the best rookie. They'll have a lot of fun with him next year playing the slot and maybe alternating even with McKinney because McKinney played the slot when he came in too. So I don't think Holmes is, is an outside guy, but I think they have potentially their slot corner for the next three to four years. Yeah, definitely. And then just I have one, one final thing
1: as well, just our O-line. Like, how do you feel about Andrew Thomas? Like, where do we go at right tackle? The center position that seems to be going well. And then yeah. Will Hernandez,
2: where does he land in all of this? Yeah, I, I still can't believe that they let Zeitler go because I thought he and Gates were their two best, uh, the center. Zeitler, I thought they would have renegotiated his contract. I understand why they cut him because it was a $12 million game. And they needed the money, but I still thought they would have kept him. He's only 31. And then the, it's unanswered the rest of it, right? You have shame. Yeah. Okay. So if you go across line, Andrew Tom is going to be the left tackle for better, for worse. Okay. And and you just work with him and hope he gets better. Then left guard. You're probably going to go back to Hernandez there. And he's been a disappointment since what second round, 2018. Uh, He's, he's, he's better in, Pass protection, than Lemieux, but Lemieux was very good at run blocking. So, you know, Hernandez is what he is. Hopefully he gets better. Gates, I think you're fine. I think he settled. He was a surprise because he was a tackle, really, and they moved him to center. That one worked. Now you're probably going to put Shane Lemieux at right guard. I thought Lemieux was better than Hernandez, but he was better in the run, not in the pass. Pass protection needs work. And then right tackle, they have, uh, you know, a very expensive Nate Solder uh, or Matt Parrott. And it's like, okay, if we're going to go with Pert, he, he flashed last year, but are you really going to hand over the job? So I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I would not be surprised if, you know, say the Giants bring in a, a receiver in free agency, if they went with Slater in the draft. So their line, I think is far from settled still. So yeah. it's, it's not, I don't feel good about it right now. Yeah, me either. I'm, I'm
1: like, it's uh, the right side is kind of scaring me, to be honest, especially against some of the, the D lines we face in the NFC East. Uh, they're quite strong. So hopefully, Soldier might work better on the, the right side than he did at the left side. And well, and yeah, Thomas. even
2: the, le- the left side, with now you, you put Hernandez back there, it's like, okay, we have Thomas and Hernandez. I feel good about Nick Gates. Like, yeah, okay, well, the, the pass yeah. rushers don't come usually over center. They come from left to right, and yeah, yeah. you know the, uh, the Chase Young is going to come around on the the, the 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 right the left side of the offensive line, the right side of the yeah. offensive line. So yeah, I'm scared to death. Yeah, so, no, no getting around it. Yeah, looking at the the free agency this year though, we've seen
0: now. Obviously, yesterday wasn't too good for for Giants losing um, Zeidler, like you were mentioning, and also uh, Dalvin Tomlinson to the Vikings. Yeah. But today, obviously. Getting the deal done for Leonard Williams, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, getting him getting him off the franchise tag, and also getting John Ross. So you mentioned there talking with Jake that the wide receivers, just you know, the sort of options out there weren't great last season. So it is a step, I guess, going to in the right direction for getting those weapons for Daniel Jones. And um, how, like, who else would you be? What other positions, I should say, should so the Giants be looking at uh, to improve in uh, in the free agency with uh, the free agents that are out there?
2: Jake or Jerry? Oh, Jerry, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so John Ross is a burner who hasn't lived up to his draft status. I think he was picked seventh in 2017 or so out of Washington. He was an absolute burner. I think he ran like a 4-2 something. It was ridiculous at the combine. True, um, 4 2 right, there you go. Yeah, it, it, he's blazing fast, but he hasn't done anything. I think his best year was was two years ago. I think he had like 400 or 600 yards receiving. Um, it's nice. It's a nice addition because it's, it's, it's low risk, kind of medium reward. But that does not mean anything as far as like we're, we're settled there. And if they are, then they're completely tipping their hand that they're going receiver in the first round of the draft. Like they cannot go right now with Darius Slayton, John Ross, CJ Board, um, Sterling Shepard and say, okay, we're set. Like they have to, they would have to go uh, one of those big three receivers, Waddle, Smith, or Chase in the first round, or even Pitts, the, the tight end from Florida. So I still think they're going to sign somebody. I said all along, it was going to be Samuel, not because I want him, but because I think they'd fall in love with his versatility. <clears throat> and that'll be the big word. That'll be the buzzword, always oh, he's versatile. He's, not an outside receiver, but he's versatile. I really hope it's Galladay. Uh, and I, I, after they cut Zeitler, I felt like Galladay is going to be the guy. And I said, I'm 90% sure they will sign him now because of that move. So I started off saying Samuel under, um, being under the assumption that Zeitler was going to be there and still kind of hurt them cap-wise. But when they freed up that money and then signed Leonard Williams, thank God, um, Long longer term, I, I think it's going to be Galladay. I think they're going to get him. I think it's, one way or another, it's going to work out because... They, they almost have to, they, they don't have any, they don't have a number one receiver. And if they don't get him, then they have to take it in the first round of the draft.
3: Gary, really quick. I have a question for you. Uh, Daniel Jones is an off talk about quarterback, not it, not just in giants fans outside of the, the fandom as well. In your opinion, is there a clock on Jones yet, or does he still get more time to develop? progress
2: the organization loves him just so you guys know I was at the draft when they chose him I walked out I was I was disgusted um I walked across the bridge in the rain in Nashville back to the hotel like I didn't I was I was nuclear I couldn't believe they took Daniel Jones his rookie year he proved me wrong I thought last year he works very hard he's a You know, one of the things he he fumbled the ball often last year, he improved that he was a little careless with the ball last year. He improved that towards down the stretch, but when you look at his numbers, he had 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, like that's like 1985 stats. Like that's unacceptable now, but as is the case with Jason Garrett, he doesn't have anything around him, right? He lost Mm -hmm. his main weapon behind him. Darius Slayton's not a one. Sterling Shepard was their best receiver. I thought by a mile. Evan Ingram somehow miraculously made the Pro Bowl and he dropped every critical pass thrown his way. Everyone, Golden Tate, man, it was Golden Tate. He wasn't anything spectacular. And then everybody else was a bunch of no names. So it's the jury's out. The organization absolutely loves him. Do I think how many, I think think they would make a decision on him in two more years. I think even if this year he struggles, I still think they'd give him one more year.
3: I think I think I agree with you, and that was going to be my follow up question that you kind of addressed there. And your answer was, "I think there's just too many holes at the moment that need yeah. covering to be worried about." Daniel Jones plays just good enough from to not be a thorn in the side, not costed too many games. And there's way more cost effective areas that need to be addressed before you get to him. I think I, I agree with your assessment on that.
0: Yeah,
2: like like if he was uh, if he was he was on the if he was on the fu- Washington Football Team instead of um. Dwayne Haskins they don't lose the games that he goes in like that because yeah. there, that the Washington football team is way more talented a- except the quarterback position when Haskins was playing than then the Giants were overall like especially offensively so I I think I think because of the lack of talent around him they're giving him a pass and I don't blame them if they are plus it plus it's he's there two years he learned two offenses so that that hurts too who um just out of curiosity who were you hoping they would have drafted uh, in 2019 uh, i they could have drafted seven to eight guys and i would have been fine with it and it, it like josh <laughs> allen was there like, i would have been fine with him the, the the defense of josh allen yeah um i mean there were uh what was it white was right before um clellan Farrell. i'm trying to think of that jeff it was um clellan farrell went i think fourth to the raiders um yeah, it was, there were, there it was so Devin many... White
0: before Daniel Jones. Right,
2: right. So yeah, when they took, him. when the Bucks took White, I was like, all right, we got Josh Allen. And when I heard it was, uh, I got a text message first from my guy at the stadium. And I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. I thought if we get him, it should be later in the get him in the second round or that they had that, um, that second pick, that, which ended up being a Dalvin, um, what's it not Dalvin Tomlinson, Dexter Lawrence, the 17th pick. The Odell trade, I thought if they want him, get him there, but get something else first because they still had Manning and I thought they were going to go all in with him. But when they uh, – um, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, they were – I'm trying to think of that draft. There were so many guys I would have been fine with at that spot and they took the one I didn't want. But that's why I'm not a general manager because I think he's actually working out okay.
0: Yeah, well, just – they had the likes of –
2: who did you – I'm
0: just looking at it here. It was Yeah, go ahead. Read them because – yeah. So between Jones and then your next pick, Dexter Lawrence, you had Josh Allen, like you said, T.J. Hawkinson, Ed Oliver, Devin Bush, Ed John, Oliver, yeah, Jonah Williams, uh, Rashawn Gary, yeah, uh, Christian Wilkins, uh, Chris Lindstrom, uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Brian Burns, and then you had Dexter Lawrence.
2: I got—I'm not gonna lie, guys. I wanted Dwayne Haskins over over Daniel Jones too. That was another one. I, I would have been fine with uh, with Dwayne Haskins, and I felt like if he was had the, the the one thing I got apprehensive about Dwayne Haskins was his uh I heard that they, he was charging for his draft party and I thought uh-oh that's not a good sign that's someone who's doing doing things the wrong way way too early uh, in his career so but I I'll admit I wanted him uh, up until that point so there, there were a lot of guys I would have taken over Jones
0: yeah and going into to this year's draft uh, you mentioned a few of the wide receivers and and obviously Kyle Pitts um is there any sort of any other areas that you've seen that you want to say in the first uh, three rounds that you'd like the Giants to look at?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I go in, you always want to trade, you want you always want to draft a uh, best player available. And other than, other than like, you know, quarterback, obviously running back safety, and, and safety, really safeties. They're, they're absolutely loaded at safety. That's it. Everywhere else you can make the, if they took uh if they took um uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, the third, I would you know I, I would understand why right if they took Mika, Micah Parsons from Penn State I would get it Slater the the tackle so they can go in so many directions in that first round if they took a receiver you get it um, so I just want the best player available outside of quarterback running back and safety i again that's if they bring in a, Gall- a Galladay then okay then I don't care what they do in that first round if they don't then you got to go for Devontae Smith if he falls Waddle Jamar Chase I don't think is going to fall so whoever falls between Smith and Waddle or the the tight end from Florida Pitts I would even take him and maybe he can you can make him receiver um but yeah I think in the second and third round you got to go offensive line if you don't go in the first round because your guards are a question your guards are a question mark and your tackles are a question mark it's like how do you not go offensive line um and then third round it's you know, they're, they're, they have a, a nice linebacking core with Lorenzo Carter coming back from injury. Uh, Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder turned out to be a very nice surprise. They're still high on O'Shane Ziminez, but he hasn't done anything yet. Uh, but, you know, if, if you had a chance to pull in an edge guy that drops, you know, you have to look there too. So the good thing when you stink is you almost can't go wrong with position when you go in the draft. It's, it's the player that you screw up, but position-wise... They could go in a number of directions, and I'm okay with it. Would You trade back from your first? I'd round? love to, but Gettleman doesn't. Yeah, he's never done it. Like, I would trade back. Yes, absolutely, especially if, especially if you have a list of six guys. And that's why I thought they were going to trade back uh, when they when they took Daniel Jones too, because there was the, there was the you read the names. Ed Oliver was there. Uh, Jonah Williams was there. Like there were guys they could have taken and said, you know what, let's trade back. And they always say, oh, you have to have a, w- a willing partner. Yeah, there's going to be like five to six quarterbacks going in the first round this year. I, I guarantee it. And someone's going to want to trade up. So I, I would definitely absolutely love to trade back, but I have no faith that Dave Gettleman will do so. He's never done it.
0: Cool. And then looking forward past the draft to next year, what is going to be the aim? Is it sort of more progression of, out with Joe Judge or are you looking more towards a division title?
2: Yeah, Joe, Judge is safe. Uh, it gave Gettleman better hope that they have a winning record to make the playoffs because if they don't, I don't know how he survives. It's This is the fourth year. You cannot blame Jerry Reese anymore. Jerry Reese left them a pile of dog crap. It, it's it's true. The, the cap was a mess. The talent was abysmal. First-round pick misses. But it's year four now, Dave. You you have to get this right. I think he started to last year with free agency in the draft. He's got to build on it. We'll see what happens with the rest of this free agency and the upcoming draft. But I think, you know, nine and seven, ten and six, you know, you, you gotta get there at least. He's gotta be nine and it can't be eight and eight, even. Gotta be nine and seven for his job to be safe. And that's what I wanna see. I'm tired of what, seven out of eight losing seasons, eight out of nine missing the playoffs. Like, enough's enough. Gotta get better now. You know? What have you done for me lately, Dave? Not much. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Uh, I think uh, that is where we are going to wrap up our talk on the Giants. Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Uh, Before we let
2: you go, where can people find uh, your social pages? Absolutely. Uh, On Twitter, we are at Giant Insider, have almost 28,000 followers. Great, great group of followers that we have. Uh, We are on all the, like you said, all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. It's the Giant Insider podcast. And then we still have a newspaper that people subscribe to, very old school. You can, um, a lot of people like to, uh, they say, read it on the toilet, as they say. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's just go to www.thegiantinsider.com and you can subscribe there. Jerry, I just have one really quick question.
1: How yeah. in the name do you send 72,000, 79,200 tweets?
2: Well, I have a, again, it's, it's me and my partner, Chris, who's the beat writer. Uh, he has the access to uh, everything. And you know, what's funny is he tweets out, I do most of the responding. So he'll tweet out the updates in the news uh, and I'll respond to the fans. That's why a lot of times you'll see me sign my name. If I put something that I feel is a little controversial, I don't want him attached to it. And, and, and same thing, he does the same thing. We'll sign our names to it. Most of the time we agree on most things regarding the Giants. But like today he got very frustrated with the Leonard Williams thing and he wrote enough's enough, let him go. And he wrote Chris so it's just it's two of us doing it so that's that's pretty much how
3: yeah we had to ban jake for the same reason he was just too controversial we didn't want to be
2: attached to him so he's not allowed to comment on anything. well well to be honest chris you know chris was like a couple times like dude you serious with that tweet like kind of joking around but also like i'm like yeah i know i'm sorry chris so i started putting my name next to ones that were a little more uh you know colorful
0: so yeah i think that's what we're gonna have to do for our page now and just going to Even if I send one out, I'm just going to put Fionn's name to and just blame me. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, yeah, Jerry, thanks again for so much. Uh, Hopefully we can get you back on closer to the start of the season, maybe do a little review after we know the rest of the free agent moves and maybe some of the
2: draft moves too. Absolutely. Would love to come on, guys. Thank you. And yeah. Gary, happy St. Patty's Day tomorrow,
0: guys. Happy St. Patty's Day. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. It's a it's a weird one this year, but look, we'll try and make the most of it. And um, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to start talking Patriots with Gary. Welcome back to the Undercenter Center Podcast, uh, with your host are joined still by Fionn and Jake, and we are also joined by our New England Patriots fan. That's Gary. Uh, Gary, thanks for uh, hanging on. I know you had to sit through a lot of Giants talk there, but look, listen. Uh, we're going to have to sit through a lot of Patriots talk. So I think it's a fair compromise. You
4: yeah, have for the past few years, my friend. So, you know,
0: <laughs>
4: it was Let's... nice reliving those Giants victories in the Super Bowl. That was really helpful as well.
0: I did see you stare off a little bit. I think you were just thinking about those games and just maybe crying a little bit inside about it, were you?
4: Just seeing Tom Brady on the ground with Stray <laughs> above him in one and Justin <laughs> Tucker in the next, just... Just hit home, and let's not even go there with the helmet catch. Let's not go there with Manningham. <laughs>
1: we let's can just... go there. That's the thing, though, because <laughs> like we can actually go there if you like.
4: Please don't the the, the topic we're going to talk about now and bring me back to that hellish year of last year is going to be painful enough. Trust well, me. Well,
1: yeah, let's
0: let's go back in time and let's go back to the 2020 season. Um, I know you don't like talking about uh, the two Giants games, but how about we talk about Bucks and Chiefs instead?
4: Uh, yeah, that's, it, it just gets worse for me here, doesn't it, at this stage? You plan this perfectly. It does,
0: it does a little bit because I know what, what's, uh, what we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes. So I need to just, I need to just get my shots in before you start boasting about what's been happening the last couple of days. But anyway, look, listen, uh, tell us a little bit about the 2020 season because I'm sure it was a strange year to watch, mostly because I know there was no Tom Brady there, but mostly that, we saw that you your team was human after all.
4: Let's not go there. Like, it started with Belichick's dog at the draft. That should have been just a whole year of just being like, this isn't going to be what we expect. Having Belichick's dog main draft. And it looks like some of the draft picks, which I'm not even going to go into because that's a different story, that he probably made the draft himself. It was just, oh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into this season anyway. Seven and nine. So this is what the NFC East feels like. Um. Yeah, it was rough from the start. Like, from obviously the whole league was suffering with dropouts, but having the likes of Dante Howard, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung drop out at the start of the year was never going to be, like, never going to help the scenario of losing Tom Brady already. So, like, if we go through the schedule here, like it was. So, I saw a great uh, picture on on Instagram. It was like a perfectly portrayed like, donkey. And then the set, the, like in half. And then the other half was just a five year drawn. And it really did sum up the season for me. Like, you had Miami and the Seahawks games at the start of the season where, like, okay, we lost the Seahawks game, but we were putting points on the board. And Ever since then, like that's where it really started and stopped. If you go through the rest of the year, losing the Kansas City with Brian Hoyer, a quarterback, like when we could have had Stidham in there, was it like that was the game that uh, Cam had uh, caught? Can we say COVID? You can. <laughs> cool. Um, on the that was like yeah, was demonetization all that. Um, only if you say bad things
1: about it you'd also have to be monetized before you can get demonetized.
4: <laughs> nice assumption there by myself. Um, so you had Brian Hoyer, a quarterback, which really didn't help this scenario. Losing to Denver, San Francisco getting blown out. Buffalo, where Cam fumbled right as we're going to make the game win and drive. Jets win or, yeah, whatever. And the Baltimore game where it was lashing rain. Horrible conditions where the pages tribe, I was at a game there two years ago against Cleveland in the same sort of scenario. Them games, again, it's it's a fa- it's giving you a false sense of security because you bl- anyone could lose that game to the Pats with the conditions that were being played, and they just run the ball. Um, and in the back half of the season, the blown out by the Rams, losing to Miami, getting blown out by Buffalo. Uh, well, seeing them win the AFC East... It's just pain on pain on pain. <laughs> well, look,
0: I know pain on pain. Look, you're human. You're like uh, most other sides now. But in all of this and like in such a rebuilding year where you sort of um, I'm not going to say happy with Cam, but could you understand like, OK, this is just something to get us through. Something to keep us going, or would you have liked? Oh, to actually, absolutely! Would you like
4: them if actually to have played Stidham or higher instead? You drafted Stidham for a reason. You use a fourth round selection on Stidham. He sat for a year behind Tom Brady. Why not give him? Like, okay, yeah, Cam was there, and it. I'm pretty sure it shocked all of us that we went and signed Cam. Um, be it one year for a, a really, really low amount of money in the quarterback market for a guy who was a former MVP, took the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. and um, Should, like... He obviously beat them out in what little training camp they had and um, behind closed doors, and Cam won the job. But, like, looking down this list, we were never going to make the playoffs from... My perspective, anyway. So surely, during, somewhere down here, we could have seen a little bit. like, Again, starting Brian Hoyer, uh, like against Kansas City, like still didn't come in through a touchdown to Nikhil Harry. That says it all. If he's a he, he had developed a relationship over that year with Nikhil Harry. Why not go and then like see if they could do something for the next half? You had Damien Harris there. Like, yeah, you had pieces on that. Like, okay, the line was kind of chopping, changing all year. It was the year it was. But, like, I don't see why you spend a draft pick on Stillman. You clearly like him. Why not give him some snaps in a game to see what you have going into this year, going into the free agency? I know where, you know, there's rumors going around. Oh, are we going to package a few deals to try and make a run at Wilson to make a run at well it's not really Wilson it's more Watson but to make a run at a quarterback via trade um, or in the draft we're not see what you have with Stidham at the moment he's there he's in your just use him see what you have and if he's not right for you ship him off or look to get rid of him instead of starting someone like a Brian that was one of the really frustrating moments like starting Brian Hoyer come yeah. on in. go on there no it was just oh, saying,
0: yeah I was just going to say, and now they're taking the the steps to, to bring him back this year, um, and they gave him another one year contract, but this time, fourteen million, like one four million for for Cam after his eight touchdown, ten interception year last year. I don't know what was more puzzling to me. It's it was paying Cam that money after that season, or another team playing paying a tight end one hundred and forty million.
4: Yeah, it's it. Well, if we go into the free agency, uh, it's Belichick just throwing money all over the place, putting looks of teams. And um, he's found out there's a wallet and he can use it, and it's 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 completely hilarious. And it should really go against the grain. The cap's been reduced this year of all years, and Belichick's like, "Ooh, look, another shiny new toy." Let me go avoid this guy. It's 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 completely puzzled, But yeah, like one year, 13 million is just, um it's trying to get in Belichick's head, and there's you know four people here who could try and try and try, and it just won't happen. Yeah.
0: Well, let, let's get into some of the acquisitions that they've made. Um, because I know you uh, and you have a couple of things to say about them. So I'll go through them very quickly. So they got back Trent Brown for a seventh round pick and they re and they restructured his his contract. They've got Matthew Judon, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, davon godshow uh, kendrick Bourne, and then today they uh, got hunter henry as well oh and of course uh, don't forget uh, Jalen mills and uh, henry anderson there too so they, he has he is tr- he is definitely getting a lot of players now and he's trying to s- get everything right but Fion, what did you make of those acquisitions over the last two days I think they were across the board.
3: I really liked, as I mentioned, Janet Smith. I like Hunter Henry as well. That really screams to me. Two tight end sets kind of mimic a little bit what the maybe the Baltimore Ravens have been doing recently. And then I look on the other side of it, and like I mentioned earlier in the show, Mills and Aguilar, like they're fine players, but the price you put on them is what kills me. They're really depth players, in my opinion. They're, you're not terrified putting them in the game, but they're not starters. And okay, they're not earning 30 million a year, but 13 million for Aguilar, who is world famous for drops. A guy in Philly said he'd rather catch babies thrown out of a building than put Aguilar there. That's how bad he was. Like this guy is not far removed. Jake said, well, look at look at Cooper in in uh, the Raiders and how he blossomed getting away from that scenario. But Aguilar was in the Eagles before the Raiders and he was cracked then as well. I just don't see how this guy has gone upwards. Eagles are famous for terrible cornerbacks. I know we signed Ronald Darby last year. Thankfully, he's gone this year. He got burnt at least twice, three times a game, completely all over the shop. I'll admit he had some good plays, but you need your starting corner to have more than some good plays. And get burnt all the other players, so in that side, it doesn't make any sense. It's not value for money, as I mentioned, and that's really what confused me. I don't know if Gary agrees with me or not, but I'd like to get his opinion. and Does he agree that maybe not all these signings are as magical as they seem
4: 100%? Fuel 100%. I agree. Um, you just hit the nail on the head with the and this is what really puzzles me like, okay. In one scenario, I can see Stephon Gilmore isn't going to stay. Stephon Gilmore is going to obviously hit the market and he's going to get paid again, even though he got paid with us. But you're going to lose Stephon Gilmore. JC Jackson and Jonathan Jones aren't bad corners. So like, And they've been in the system, so they know how like how we play in that. Sort of, so I don't see why you go and pay, like you said, pay a Jalen Mills that amount of money to both be possibly... What cube like second corner maybe on the on the depth chart? Like if the boys and I I've again seen them play, I fully I'd rate uh, Jones and Jackson. Oh, especially Jackson after the year he had last year. Um he was, a, He's a, he
0: was a Pro Bowl snub, wasn't he, last year? He had a great year. It,
4: yeah, mm-hmm. it was it yeah. Pro we probably snubs really kind of opened. Yeah, we had well, uh, and... I don't. I don't think that, especially Gilmore, should
0: have gotten there ahead of him. no but we looked oh, absolutely, at, we looked not. At
4: absolutely not,
0: absolutely in not. In a past
3: show, JC Jackson's numbers were just flat out better than his numbers mm-hmm. on the same team. So I think that should have told you right there that he
4: He's not anymore. popular
1: getting votes before. No reason for that one. Just quick there, right? So, you mentioned there the two tight end sets. A lot of running the balls. That, that's what usually. That's what that means. Hunter Henry. Uh, We know that um, they can block both of these tight ends, can block. My question, have you looked a lot into Nelson Aguilar? What's his run blocking like? Maybe that's why he's getting that contract. We know he can run fast, can catch a ball sometimes, um, but can he block players and keep the ball running? Maybe that's what the Patriots are trying to build here.
4: Or it could be the sheer fact, uh, have you seen our receiving card last year?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but if that's the case, why not? Nikhil Harry,
4: John. Um, he could have been out. He could have been out of price range. That could be well. I'm I'm laughable talking about a price range when we just you can list off the amount of money we spent. I'll tell you how much exactly
1: you spent so far. It was 157 (laughs) million
4: (laughs) or more the past ten years. Um, but it just like. Now, funny enough, there was a tweet there I saw today and said the parts aren't even close to being done. Another QB is coming, another d tackle is coming, another wide receiver is coming. Um, where by signing them, by trade, or by draft, Bill isn't done yet. So, well, no, maybe he's looking for someone better in the draft. Like, I want to say in the draft, but I have a feeling that that first-round pick is gone. Um, I don't see tre- let's go into a threat that's going to a second-round pick. Bill Belichick is almost allergic to first-round picks. Yeah. Um, we just trade down or give it away in the in the package, but um, I don't know, like them sort of receipt, like Nelson Aguilar isn't the tallest, like you know, smart, like hoping that he can do the Brandon Cooks role from a few years back, um, but obviously he has no hands, so I, I, i the Aguilar one confuses me completely. Guys, like, I, just,
3: I just jump in really quick here. According to yeah. SportsInjuryPredictor.com. Uh, Nelson Aguilar. 51% chance he gets injured in 2020.
1: What, um, what scientific um do they it's real,
3: it's good stuff, guys? It's 51% chance he gets injured in 2021. And
1: how do they measure it? Uh with stats and numbers. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. So we know that it always pans out. It's a predictor. Yeah, it's sure. a predictor. Yeah. They're yeah. guaranteed. You they sure.
0: make him run the same route 100 times, 51% of the time, he
1: ends up getting injured from it. Gary, but one yeah. thing I did there for the first time today, and literally an hour before the podcast, I turned on yeah, ESPN and watched SportsCenter and the NFL Live, the free agent frenzy or whatever it is, and uh, they said that the Patriots are going to go quarterback this year. Why would you go quarterback <laughs> Back after paying so much money for Cam?
3: Now, the one thing I'd like to ask you, Gary, as well is you mentioned Stidham. Personally, from what I've seen him, I don't think he is anything. I think the fact that Cam walked in and took the job says a lot about what Bill actually thought of him. Personally, mm-hmm. I had a look at it and I feel the only reason he's still there is he is an insanely cheap backup. He's like $1 million a year, same as Cam. You'd on a four year deal. He's not a free agent until uh, the end of next season. So I think that is probably the only reason he still around, to be honest with you. I don't know if you agree with me. From the sounds of it, you don't. You seem to be pretty interested in seeing him a little bit more on the, on the pitch.
4: Well, you spent the fourth round picking him. Surely, like... It, and Bill's always a sort of person, again, no matter what... Like, Brady said, some like, for so many years, and, okay, now we kind of find out that, you know, Tom Brady was kind of the Patriot way, if I say it in a little whisper. Um, but... No matter what round you're picked in, you're going to get your chance to play, and it's what you do with it. So, like, okay, I remember in Still's first year, he came in this, and again, everyone's allowed to say this. His first throw was a pick six, and um, so, like, are you going to base this solely off that? Oh, we threw a pick six, or are you going to like give him like there as as I mentioned before, there were plenty of games last year where you could have thrown like that last game against the Jets. Why? that could have been the perfect game to give Statham a full shot to see what he had. Yeah. All like the guys who were injured were back for that game. So why not give him that game to see what you had in him? If you had, like, surely he had to learn something over the, the past two, three years. So why not just see what you have, get rid of him after this year, and then have a look at the free agents. It's a big, you know, common thing. Now, all oh, the Pats are actually starting to use free agency. They figured out what that was. Um, But go in and try and sign. Like, we could have picked up Dalton there. We could have picked up Tyrod Taylor, just to use the last two examples. But we could have picked up one of them guys, a veteran there, and just kind of use them for this year and then see what's coming out in the draft in the next few years.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there, Gary. I think you hit the nail on the head. For me, why you play Stidham over, say, someone like Cam is you gain a lot more out of playing Stidham, giving him that playing time, because if he does shine, then you've got a cheap guy. You can extend him if you want cheaply, and you think you might have the guy where we've seen the past season that Cam hadn't played great. Now, whether he can turn this around with all this talent around him is a different story, but having Stidham play there, you gain a lot more value knowing what he can do so you can move on from your backup quarterback, maybe draft your next replacement for him and keep Cam or whatever you want to do there. But it's the same way in, in, in I think it was 2018 when Geno Smith was starting over uh, Eli Manning and uh, they get, didn't give the start to the turnaround quarterback that we had. We knew what we had in Geno Smith. We didn't know what we had exactly. in the turnaround quarterback. Yeah. So you gained the value there by playing the younger guy. Well, can I ask you this question, though? I, I think maybe
0: the ship is sailed possibly on them doing this because you had your chance last season when you didn't really have a lot of weapons there around Sidham, but now that they've spent so much money and they're investing so much money into the team in this off season, I don't know whether they can or they should take the chance with an unproven quarterback. When you have, like I said, when you have all this firepower there available, would, would it not be more, You know, would it not be better? Sorry, I should say to to keep Cam. At least you know what you're getting from Cam. And now I know it's probably not going to be the same, it won't be the same as last year. I know we like to joke about Cam, uh, eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions, whatever, blah blah blah. But he's a year into the Bill Belichick system, so he'll have to be better next year, surely. Surely, but it's you
4: see, I don't want to blame, put like. A lot of blame does lie with Cam Newton as well. But another interesting, you know, part in this that hasn't been really brought up, Josh McDaniels. Maybe it just didn't click with Cam. Mm-hmm. The utter frustration at seeing Josh McDaniels on third and the ha- and half the field to go calling a screen pass really didn't help the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, was he not putting the ball in danger? Or, like, was he just more, oh, Tom's here. Tom knows what to do with our team. Like, was he leaning so much on Tom that when Cam came in, he was like, mm, "His mind drew a blank." I don't, like. It's 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 interesting. I said last year was like as much of a rough year as you want to say it was. Like everyone had a rough year. it Was it was the year of a pandemic where it, like nothing. There was no flow, to the year. So like I don't know. Maybe with a full off season now we give and for signing camp for that money. I don't know. Does it hurt to give them a shot with the talent we have? Um it's 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 gonna be interesting. And again, it's it's completely hilarious talking about this because again, whatever we talk about, Belichick could easily just go and do the complete opposite of looking
0: at the wider division though next year, how not no scared is not the not the word I'm looking for, but has got the word I'm gonna use right now how scared you be the other teams improving because I'm liking what the Jets are doing in this free agency. I like their head coach hire. You know, I think especially the Lawson deal, he's going to be a stud next year for sure. I think what, they, what Robert Sallow was able to do with the Forrest Buckner and stuff like that, I think that the Jets are going to be a lot better. Depends on Miami. It depends, obviously, quarterback situation. That's another team that has an issue around that and what's going to happen. And then you've got the Bills who are going to be expecting to run it back again with Josh Allen. So, like, what, like, I says what? What is going to be a good
4: season for the Patriots in that sense? Being completely honest, I think we need to make the playoffs. Like, and then again, this is just the whole oh we need to make the playoffs as Patriots. starting, think, but like, you you have to sign talent. The only way it works, you've seen like. There's such a, like compare, and there's always going to be a comparison until they both retire of Brady and Belichick. Well, hold on, Belichick had a seven and nine season last year. Brady won the Super Bowl. Brady does whatever next year, like Bobby runs close enough back to the Super Bowl. The Patriots, after signing all this talent, let's say don't make the playoffs. Well, that just is a massive like stain against Belichick because. It, they're, they're going to be compared for their whole careers apart, no matter what anyone wants to say. So, but in terms of the division, it's definitely, I, I think the, bit, like, it's the Bills for me. The Bills are the one, that, the team that you would fear. They're such an overall complete team. Like, it's, even seen last year, okay. We, as I mentioned before, we had that game, the 24-21 game, where Cam fumbled. I think it was on the ten, or like it was definitely the Reds only fumbled the game away per se. But that second game, they beat they beat us down, and there was just no answer for them. So, and that was on that run where they start to really gain confidence, and um, which obviously took them to the AFC Championship game, like. That's the team you're. That's the team you're looking at that could run the division for the next year or two, like a few years, depending on what mills are made. The Jets, the Jets, the Jets. Okay, the Jets have all, but the Jets have always made good mills. But where they third in the draft second second. second? Yeah. Um, they have their question: themselves. what are they going to do? Are they going to take a quarterback? Are they going to you know try and give? Uh, Darnold some um some help on the O line, like whatever they do in the draft, like it'll really show their intentions going into next year. They're gonna ride with Darnold, or they're gonna get one of the quarterbacks, or it be uh just a Fields Trey Lance. It could be the anyone they pick. Um, are they gonna go and get another weapon for some uh Sam Darnold? Um, in one of the Alabama boys or Jamar Chase? So like it's still a young enough team and I still think like I'm, I'm even looking down the schedule here now like as we speak there's a lot here at Atlanta Carolina like it all depends on like you have young QBs we have Jacksonville next year with Trevor Lawrence okay Trevor Lawrence is going to be good but I still fancy Bill Belichick taking on a rookie QB it's been shown before he can win those sort of games and um, so yeah, it's, it Buffalo is the team, uh, the team to beat now. It's as horrible as I like, I know there's so many people that are loving me saying this. Buffalo are the team to beat in the AFC East, and uh, yeah, let's just leave that one there. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo
0: team, you'll keep a half an eye on on the Jets. We'll see what happens. The Jets could continue to be the Jets. We'll we'll have to wait and see, but. I think uh, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, Gary, thanks so much for coming on today and talking Anytime, about man. New England. You you know what? I have to say, for a New England fan, you're actually not that bad. So I think we'll probably <laughs> have you on again. You certainly hopefully, Hopefully.
4: Hopefully.
0: <laughs> um, especially if they make any more acquisitions. Maybe if they do get that QB.
4: She'll we'll
0: have, have me on to tomorrow. We we'll <laughs> to <wait> <laughs> we'll make more <my> <laughs> moves. I might have you on in twenty minutes with the way they're going <laughs> on this way, but. Uh... Uh, That is a good place, actually, to call the show this week. Before we go, if you are watching us on YouTube, if you can, can you please like this video and subscribe to the Dynamo Podcast Network? That is where you're going to find our podcast each and every week. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of those places. Just search Dynamo Podcast Network. You'll find us there. Also, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash pod, or we're also Instagram, Twitter and TikTok, all at Under Center Pod. You go on, so I'll say, you'll see, we put up some top five videos, sections of the show. Must say, got a lot of hate for my top five wide receivers last week. Saw that one. So much hate for that, and, you know, got a little too personal at times, but look. And I, I had Lamar
3: Jackson at work.
0: Run- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You purposely <laughs> trolled and because I put in someone like Terry McLaurin, I was the one that was hounded out of here and was told I shouldn't have an opinion.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what you get either. Go big or go
3: home. Don't pretend like you're going to troll. If you're <laughs> going to troll, go and do it. You go did. big or go home.
0: You did. And then they were just like, yeah, whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice up, Okay. Now he's getting there.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So follow us there. You'll see those videos and you'll see sections from the show and updates. Uh, we are updating. Um, all the big free agent moves as they are happening um, over the last week, um, especially on our Instagram store. So keep an eye out for that too. Uh, Fiona and Jake, thanks as always for coming on. Thank you, Thank you very much. And that's it for another show. Make sure you tune in again next week. We're going to be talking about another two teams and their off season needs. But until then, stay safe. we will speak to you soon.